You know what you know what that says on the bottom? I thought you read Ukrainian. That's right there on the bottom. It says you can Oh, what does it say? I thought you said no. Excuse me. What is it? Can you translate? Roughly? I don't mean to put you on the spot there. I hate people like you who knows two or three languages. I hate that, man. <laughs> Even when you try to make them look bad, you can't do it, man. It's good to know. I'll tell you what, you ought to, know, you ought to learn a couple things. Take your Bibles. Go to uh, John chapter 4, 17 real quick. First John chapter 4, 17. And we'll read a couple verses. I'll preach just a few minutes tonight. We need to do some praying tonight. Get some prayer requests in. But there's a lot of stuff going on in the world. It's, it's just it's crazy stuff. There's a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world that's hurting. A lot of other people hurting. First John. First John chapter 4, verse 17. Let's read three verses here. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in the world. So just like Jesus Christ is, we're, we're his shining light. We're his, we're his ambassadors in this place right now. He goes, verse 18, he says, There is no fear in love, but, perf- uh, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. So if you've got some fear, you need to, to let that thing go. We love him. Here's the verse I want to look at. Because he first loved us. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. My Lord, I uh, just thank you for a church that we can come to. And, and Lord, we're in a place in, in the world, Father, that is, is kind of safe and, and very little problems. But Lord, there's people all over the planet that are having problems today, Lord, and, and uh, in turmoil and, and trouble and, and have no way to turn, don't know what to do. Uh, Lord, uh, I just want to thank you for where we're at. Lord, I pray that you'd put your hand uh, out there, Lord. Protect those that are, are doing the work, uh, especially in Syria and, and Turkey and, and Ukraine right now. Uh, Lord, uh, just there's so many people in harm's way, uh, Lord, but your hand is in it, in it all. Nothing sneaks up on you, Lord. So I just pray now that your perfect will be done in all those places. And we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Tyler's message is the love of God. And the only way you can know the love of God, it's kind of a strange thing. With all the stuff you hear about going on in the world today, uh, they, they were talking over in Syria and uh, uh, Turkey that over 41,000 people have, have died. And that's just the start, really. They're, they're quitting. They're pretty much quitting looking for uh, bodies after the length of time. Uh, you're, you can only survive so long without water and food, and, and they're figuring that most of those people that are left now, they'll still maybe find it a little bit here and a little bit there, but uh, most of them are going to be dead. That number is liable to go quite sky high. I looked at the cities, and I mean, it's pretty massive cities that, that the buildings just crumbled. <clears throat> and brethren, we're so lucky, not lucky, fortunate to be born in America. And, and we complain about all the stuff that goes on and about the rules and regulations, but uh, our buildings are built to handle stuff like that. Theirs aren't. Uh, uh, we're, we, got, we got a freedom, which we're still under control of a lot of things, but they have no freedom, not like we have. And they're forced to live a certain way that we're not forced to live, and they're forced to believe a certain way. In our country, you can believe, you can believe that you're a girl if you're a guy. <laughs> Over there, they'd kill you. Uh, you can believe you're a guy if you're a girl. 
You can believe that you're, uh, oh, man, that, the guy who wrote that, uh, that, that uh, he was a coach, and uh, they wanted to put feminine things. I, I mentioned this, I think, Sunday, maybe. But they uh, wanted to put feminine things in, in the, all the bathrooms. First of all, men's bathroom, we don't need that in there, so it's okay. But he goes, the, the coach said, he mentioned that, that some, some congresswoman wanted to do that. He goes, yeah, we should put kitty litter in there, too, for those who identify as cats. And he got in trouble over that. Uh, I don't know why, because the world is insane. But the love of God, God, he says right here, he says, we love him because he first loved us. Uh, you know, the only way you can ever know the love of God is you got to know him, number one. you got to know him. There's no way. Romans 8.28 is probably one of the greatest verses in your Bible. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Well, the only way that this verse is ever going to apply to you is that you know that God loves you. And it, it's just a strange verse. And, and when he said over there, we love him because he first loved us, we had to come to an understanding somewhere that he loved us. And as you start realizing how he loved you in life, then your station in life comes more into play and you're realizing that this is where God wants me. You know, they, he said he left, uh, he, he gave each band a pound. He had 10 people, gave them all a pound. Then he left to go to a far country. He's going to come back later on. Well, there's people in there that have more talent. There's people in there that have less talent. Uh, just because somebody does more than what you do or I do or we do doesn't mean that you're any less uh, important to the Lord Jesus Christ. We're all important to him. But the only way you got you to say, well, man, he loved me enough to give me a pound. He loved you enough to put salvation in front of you. I mean, he loved you enough. And you chose that. You had to choose it. You couldn't just say uh, you're going to be forced to do this. But uh, there, there's, a, there's a song in our songbook. I'm going to see if it's, uh, what the number is. I was going to look that up a few minutes ago. Give me just a second. love a do, 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 do. I don't know if it's in here. The love of God. Isn't that in, is that in this songbook? Okay, it's not. Frederick, Frederick M. Lehman, uh, back in uh, 1917, happened to be at work one day. It's good to go to work, by the way. It's good to go to work. And he's sitting at work, and he, this song that you just read here, that's how important this songbook is. A church that gets away from this songbook is getting away from God. Now, young people, you need to understand that when you walk into a church, if they do not have a songbook similar to this, old-time uh, religious songs, uh, something that the 18th century, 17th century, early 19th century, if they don't have this, you can tell right off the bat that that church is messed up, and it, it's spiritually messed up. Uh, I was on the way over here. Beth was talking about some church in Kentucky. A revival's breaking out, and I said, where's the church at? She says, in Kentucky. I said, okay, so where at? Oh, I don't know. I just read about it. I said, so give me the church, and she gave me the church, and, and I looked it up. She gave me her phone. I looked it up, and it's a contemporary church. They're all up there with the guitars and, and all this other stuff. God's nowhere near that. Uh, you know, it, it's sad because you see the crowds. It's like Joel Osteen. He, he has 15,000 people come to church on Sunday morning. That don't mean God's anywhere near that place. I mean, you got to get back to the thing where you look at the Bible as it is, and as time moves on, oh, this is something, I mean, it's just as depressing as it can get. You're going to be by yourself more and more. The more you get closer to this book and the closer you get to the Lord, the, the more isolated you're going to become. Not because you're going to become that. It's because the world's going to move away from you. They're going to say, oh, I can do all these. Yeah, you can do all things. You can do everything. Me and Andrew was talking last night. You can do anything you want to do. The question is, is God going to approve that? You know how you know if he does or not? You know he first loved you. 
If you know he first loved you, then your love for him can now start growing the right way. And you know what he did for you. He let you be born in a country. Man, I'm, Lehman wrote this song. Uh, he, this song is 900 years. It took 900 years to write that song. And we sing it, and sometimes we don't even realize what it did. 1917, while working in a factory in Pasadena, California, something can't come good out of California, I guess, <laughs> Frederick Lehman was thinking about a Jewish poem called the Hadmut. And the, there was a wacko crazy, they thought he was wacko crazy nut, back in, in Worms, Germany, in uh, 10, I think 1040 or something like that, 1050. Uh, they put him in a, a, a crazy house, because back then, I guess anybody who thought that Jesus Christ loved him was that's where you go, because you're in the dark ages. And so they, this guy, as they take him out and bury him, because he dies, they go back into his room, and on the wall, he had a poem. He wrote a poem. And this man right here, Frederick Lehman, was reading that poem and reading that poem and reading that poem. The poem is the third stanza of this song. That's the, that's the poem that, and as he's sitting there with this thing going back across his head, he's thinking about this man 900 years earlier in a cell. You know, brother, sometimes we have people that, that are out there in this world that are suffering, and we know very little about it. Uh, we know what they, they tell us on these phones and everything. They said 41,000 people have died over there. The Ukraine, he just mentioned over 100,000 people have died since that. Is that correct? 100,000 people since the war started? How many? 300,000? So, I mean, you look at that, that's, that's death and carnage. That's, that's on, in Ukraine. How about the Russians? Is that the Russians combined? Three, 300,000 people, man, who woke up one day and a, somebody out there somewhere said, you're all going to go fight. And they're the ones out there dying on the field. Now you understand where Vietnam vets feel, how they feel. Uh, you're, I, I had some Navy SEALs I dealt with, and they, they were the same way. They were bitter inside because our government had pushed them into a place where they have to go out and die. And, and then you start looking at our Christian brother. Fox's Book of Martyrs is a great book to read if you can get through it, man. You're talking about some gory details, but there's men and women in there that stood for their faith. This man right here in 1050 A.D., they thought he was crazy nut, and he wrote the, uh, this stanza. Could, with, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Now, see, back then, songs were poems. You hear that right here. Could we the ocean fill? Could, could we with ink the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stalk or on earth a quill? Quill, will, you know, get that thing? They wrote the song, and it was a poem, and then somebody added music to it. The other guy, he wrote, as he was reading, kept, had this poem in his head, he kept writing the other, he started thinking about it. So he sat down and started jotting down a couple other stanzas. He says, the love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care, gave God his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from, from his sin. Uh, as you read that song and you go down through there, this man in 1917 started writing this thing out. And he finished the song that a, another brother had written uh, 900 years earlier. The second verse goes, When years of time shall pass away and earthly thrones and kingdoms fall, when men who uh, here refuse to pray on rocks and hills and mountain calls, God's love so sure shall still endure all meekness or all me uh, measureless and strong. Redeeming grace to Adam's race, 
the saints, and angels. So now I'm going to say this about music. Joe will get up here and do a better job than me. But here's a guy in 1050 A.D., he writes a stanza. And here's a guy in 1917, 1900 years, took his advice and finished that song exactly like he wrote it. And we sing that thing today, 100 years later, in church services and still get a, you should still get a blessing out of it. He goes on, he says, could we with ink the ocean fill? If you could take the oceans on this planet and, and convert it all to ink... And he goes, and were the skies of parchment made? If you could make the sky nothing but paper out there all day. And then he goes on, he goes, this is a guy in a prison cell, in a nut hut cell, 1050 A.D. He goes, were every stalk on earth, on earth a quill? Every little wheat thing, you go out to the field and the wheat, as far as you can see, every one of those stalks turn into a quill. And then he goes, and every man is scribed by trade. Every one of us, every human being on this planet who could write was all, everybody was into writing. That was it. Then he goes, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. You know the only way you can understand the love of God is you got to understand that God loves you. Once you start understanding how God loves you, then you can start grasping. You're on the road at that point to changing your life. You know why most people never change their life? They never get to the place where they know God loved them so much that he did what he did when I was yet a sinner. When I was messed up, when I was no good, when I should have been thrown into a place called hell, God still loved me. As a matter of fact, 2,000 years ago, he let us up. As a matter of fact, 6,000 years ago before, before the universe was even here, as a matter of fact, before the gap, people say, well, I don't believe in the gap. I think you're a moron if you don't believe in the gap. How in the world could you place God in a box? He only did something in the last 6,000 years. And by the way, the earth is flat too. <laughs> I got a picture if y'all want to see the picture. Flat earth, man. <laughs> oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. It shall forever endure, forevermore endure the saints and angels song. It'll go on for all eternity. Here's a song over 900 years old in the making. The same thing that, you know how your Bible says, you know how it's true? Because it says the same thing back then as it says today. The same thing that guy was saying back then, a guy in 1917, sit on a, a lemon box in a factory. And he let that thing. Do you think about, what do you think about on a daily basis? Here's a guy who did what God wanted to do. And he started thinking about something, about the love of God. And the Lord said, hey, by the way, there's this wacko crazy thing that everybody thought was crazy. Like Paul, ten, over in Worms, Germany. Yeah, that means you have to learn to read. You have to learn to, to understand some things. You have to be at least a little bit into stuff. Uh, today, you know what they're trying to do is get you, me and Andrew was talking last night, they're trying to get the education out. They're trying to get everybody, so you Google everything, and you think the information you get on Google is all your answers. And what they're doing is they're taking your brain away, little by little by little by little, because you don't learn math, you don't learn English, you don't, I, look at me. I mean, I'm a mess, man, and yet I'm a, I'm a, a technician, I can fix anything. Today, I heard a, heard a girl, I was listening to one of the radio stations on the way home. Uh, I, I forget, it's, it's the, one of the talk show hosts. And, and this guy was talking to a girl out of Florida. And she's like 42 years old. And he was talking about uh, marriage. And, and you know how everybody's going to get mad at marriage because you shouldn't talk to women about getting married. You shouldn't. We got a young lady in here going to get married. So this is all good stuff. And he goes, uh, she called and said, I can't find, she was like 42 years old. And she said, I can't find a guy. That's a guy. And I'm like, 
this ought to be interesting. So I just want, he goes, and he questions her. He goes, what do you mean? She goes, look, I've been dating. He goes, first of all, why did you wait so long? She goes, I've been looking since I was 22 and I can't find nobody. And I'm like, she goes, the men, the men are not men anymore. If you ever watch commercials or seen billboard signs, it's all about women. Women, 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 women. You know what they're trying to do? They're feminizing us. They're trying to get you to where you're less than, or they're trying to say women are equal to. Well, then why are they complaining about uh, guys who turn to girls playing sports with them? Well, I thought we were all the same. I mean, if a guy thinks he's a girl and he dresses up like a girl and he takes hormones like a girl, and, and God forbid that you even get around somebody like that, but if he did and he beat you in sports, why are you mad? You can act like a guy and try to go play football with some of these big old guys. That ain't going to work, man, but that's okay. I better get back to this. I'm digressing. Who is it for? The love of God. Boy, I tell you what, you hear these people, and I thank God more and more when I hear about all this stuff. I've never been in a war zone. I've got a couple national, when I was in the military, I had a couple national defense ribbons, which said I was in combat for 90 days. That means I was off the shore for 90 days somewhere. Uh, 90 miles off, 100 miles off. They couldn't hit me if they wanted to. Uh, they could send a submarine out, but most people don't have submarines, so we didn't have to worry about that. If they had a submarine, our submarines were already going to find their submarine, so they would never get close enough to a battle group to even make us worry about any of that stuff anyways. So you could go to sleep every night. Uh, they, they made us go to the line of Sidra one time, or the line of uh, the, the, the sea over there. The, I forget the name of the ocean. It's the part of the, the Gulf of Sidra or something like that where... Gaddafi said, it's a line of blood, a line of death. You come across here, we're going to kill you. And, and he couldn't even hit us with it. He couldn't hit us if he brought He'd had to put it on the ship and bring it out there and throw it at us to hit us. I mean, and people sit there and look at that stuff, and I got to these two ribbons, and I'm like, Lord, I've never been any place like, like Jacob's been. Jacob's been out there in a place, right, where stuff, people are getting hurt and people could be dying and, and stuff going on, and people are actually trying to kill you. Uh, there, we've got... Our, a part of our military forces is, is around these places. And we got Christian men and women in these military forces. And, brother, I'm telling you what, I've never had. I, I, I thank God for our Army and Marines and, and uh, Air Force guys. It's Air, Air Force. Yeah, it's Air Force. They have to put, the, you know, the Air Force is the only group of people that put their officers. These guys are smart, man. They let their officers go out and get shot. Uh, they sit back and, and watch them. They, they fix the planes. They fly away. They get shot. They fix another plane. He flies away. He gets shot or she flies away. And they keep doing that. They send their officers out first. All the rest of them send us out first. Uh, they, I, I've never figured out how the Air Force got that way, man. But, and these guys sit back in hotels and, and have maids come in and, and take care of them while they're But the love of God is greater for It's It's greater. Uh, who is a force for us? Verse 28. I like, I like uh, Romans. Go back to Romans 8, 28. I'll be there for just a couple minutes, and I'm going to stop. I'm not going to go very long. Brethren, you know what? You need to stop and thank God Amen. that you're in a country tonight uh, that if a catastrophe happened like happened in Syria and Turkey, you would have people. First of all, it would, I don't think it could happen. It would happen like that here. It, it takes something major, major. Uh, but even like in New York when the two buildings came down, the only effect was those two buildings, the Twin Towers. The, the city was built in such a way that when a catastrophe happened like that, the other structures around it could withstand the fall of two of the, big, the two biggest buildings in that city. All of our cities are built that way. There's codes and everything. We live in that. But, but I tell you what, you get a city like Dallas, 12 million people or whatever it is, New York, 12 million, 15, 18 million, whatever it is, and a catastrophe happens like that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if in Turkey and, and Syria if that, that doesn't go over 100,000. 
because of the way those cities were destroyed. Romans 8.28 uh, says this in, in just a few minutes, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. The only way that, brother, no matter what happens, that guy who was in the, uh, I got his name here too. I, I need to miss, mention his name because he was a, uh, let's see if I can find his name here. I know it's here somewhere. Mir Ben Isaac Nehorah. <laughs> Nahorah. That's some. No wonder they thought he was crazy, man. They probably tried to reprint, say his name over there in Germany, man. They said, lock that guy up. But that guy sat there and he knew enough about Jesus Christ and the love of God in his life that he wrote that stanza on the wall. And, and brother, that may be all that man ever did. And 900 years later, somebody picks that thing up and finishes it. And we have a song that is still playing out today. It isn't a fleshly thing. That thing right there goes deep into your heart and in your soul. If, the only way that song can have you say, well, I don't really like that song. Well, maybe you got a problem with God. Maybe you're right now, you need to stop and say, wait a second. Do I really understand the love of God toward me, number one? Because that, that guy who wrote that, he understood the love of God toward him. And he understood how vast that love is. And that, the, that if you took the entire uh, body of water on this planet and turned it to ink and the skies to parchment, you could never write the, the amount of love that God loved us on the skies and you would drain the oceans dry and still need more ink. Now, brother, that's how much God loves you, but you know what? You have to learn that. Being young in this day and age is rough because you see everything going on around you and it's really hard to stop and say, no, nah, no, nah, I need to wait. Be still and know that I'm God. And get God in what you're doing and not rush into it. Uh, there's so many opportunities coming in life sometimes to us in different ways. The hardest thing to do is stop and say, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, my Lord loves me that much. Would not he tell me what I need to do? If he really loves me that much, if I understand the love of him, would he not? Me and Beth was talking the other night and, and uh, uh, she said, she goes, I, she goes, I said, Beth, you spoil me. She goes, yes, I do. I said, yeah, you know why you do that? I said, because I spoil you just as much as you spoil me. You know why she does that? She knows how much I care for her. You know why I do it for her? I know how much she cares for me. We came out here today, and I was working back here, and Beth is going through here just sweeping. I mean, she's a maniac, man. You put a vacuum cleaner anywhere within. She's got a radar, man. She can just detect a vacuum. Dee, 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 beep, and she'll go get the vacuum cleaner and start vacuuming. And I'm like, what are you doing? I've got to vacuum these two carpets up here because they're going to drag. I'm like... Beth, let's go. I'm ready to go, man. She's ready to vacuum. You know what that is? God gave me somebody who is just like me, worse than me. He gave me friends like Mike. Here's Mike over. Mike's worse than I am. If Mike ain't over here working, he's working. He's working. I called him and I said, are you over at the house? He goes, yes. I really appreciate that because that means I don't have to go over there. You know what that is? He, he's looking for something to do, to do something for God. Somebody needs to go over and help Brother Barry on that house, and I don't want to do it. <laughs> It's a mess, man. And then Brother Barry's worse than I am. I hate it. I'm going to hate it when he moves in over there. Man, he's going to be coming over. What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? I'm like, man, I'm going to go find something. I'm going to go out on the streets and start street preaching again. I'm going to go find something else. But who's it for? To them. He goes right here. He says in 828. And we know that all things work together for good. And that's good to know. But there's, there's, a, there's a stipulation. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. You've got to know him and be known of him. 
for all things to work. And then when it does, would you say that being in a prison cell in 1058, now I'll tell you what, they didn't have, by the way, they didn't have Wi-Fi back then. And they didn't have cell phones. They didn't have Apple. They didn't have Apple Ones or whatever they had. They didn't have Samsung Ones or Threes. They didn't have none of that stuff. They didn't have TV, by the way. They did not have the Beverly Hillbillies. When you got locked up back there, you were locked up. And, and they didn't have central air. They didn't have heating. You froze at nighttime. They probably put you in the dungeons way down there, so it wasn't so cold. It just stayed a, set, a constant cold temperature. But would you say that's the love of God? Yet that man wrote that, that stanza. Could we with any, well, he said, to write the love of God above would drain the oceans dry. Let me ask you a question. If you were in a place like that, could you write that? Would you write up there thinking that God, here I am, like Paul, man, and Silas sitting there in a prison cell, and the Philippian jailer is in bed asleep up there. He didn't care about what's going on. All he cares about is that everybody's locked up and everybody's taken care of. Then all of a sudden, they sit there and start singing hymns and praising God, and the, the place shakes, and the bars fall off, and the doors fall off the hinges, and the prisoners are so enamored with what's going on, they don't even leave. They're sitting there going, whoa, what was that? man? Now, that's a revival. When the, when the Philippian jailer walks out and he gets saved and his family gets saved, that's a revival. You know what that was? Paul never tried to get out of there. You know what Paul was? He was happy, right? That's the love of God. You know what Paul knew? The love of God. He got knocked down on the road to Damascus. You ever sit there and actually read what he said to Felix and Agrippa? He said, man, I, he said, I, took, him, I took him to jail, man. He said, I took kids and families and moms and dads. I took them to jail. I turned them in, and I, I, I was there testifying when they killed them. And the Lord saved me one day on the road to Damascus. <laughs> Knocked me down, come down and talk. You're talking about a guy who loved God. You know why he loved God so much? Because he knew how much God loved him. He said, you would take a sinner, a vile sinner like me, and do that. Who's it for? It's for us. The love of God is for you, but I'm going to tell you there's a stipulation. you got to know he loved you. Have you ever spent any time just thinking about how much he loved you? You're, you're in a country, and I'm telling you, we are, we are fortunate. We are blessed. Even to, if you were lost in this country, unsaved, you are blessed. Those people coming across the border are blessed just to walk into this country. Because what's going on in the rest of this world is atrocious. And people are dying. How, there's people in Turkey and Syria right now, and I know they're Muslim, and I know that they're, they don't believe what we believe, and I know that they're dying. There's family members that have no place to go home anymore, and they got family that are, are gone. They don't know if their mom, and there's little kids running around. They don't know if mom and dad are gone. They don't have no idea what's going on. And we're sitting here in a country today, and that's not happening to us yet. And we're sitting here, I mean, we were lucky. We have never had anything, unless you're living on the San Andreas Fault out there in California, something like that could happen there. But most of the places in the country, you won't ever get nothing like that. And we get so used to just waking up in the morning, going, doing what we forget to thank God for what he's done. We get to forget, to forget him all again. What's it for? It's for us. What is it? It's for your strength. You ever wanted the, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know how you get the joy of the Lord? You know that he loved you. And then you sit there and say, why would he love me? Lord, I'm a mess. I'm just a mess. I'm always a mess. I've been a mess ever since I got saved. Why would you continually love me? Because I did. And I knew 
He's got something so special for one. I'm going to get to that in a second. It is our strength. Nay, verse 37. Uh, Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You know, when you start loving the Lord back, you start watching him do little. And it doesn't have to be great things. Like I said about the guys who had the pounds. One guy got 10, one got 5. He was expecting, if he gives you a pound, he's expecting you to do something with it. Everybody had a talent that, that he trusted you with something, knowing you could do something with it. To waste your talent on this world is, you know what that last guy did? He put the money over to the side, and then he went and did what he wanted to do. And when the Lord came back, he went and got his money, and he goes, here, here's the pound you gave me. I, I, I watched it. I kept it. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if the guy would have just took it with him everywhere he went and tried to double it or do something with it? You know what's wrong with most of us is we never take him with us everywhere we go. The lesson of that story is you need to have him with you everywhere you go so you can make that count. Because it's appointed when a man wants to die. You never know when that day's coming. It was somebody in here right now, uh, Sarah, Sarah Kaiser's dad is sick. Uh, they said stage four cancer. Uh, you never, it's appointed when a man wants to die. My mom's sitting over 91 years old. She, her day has, she's lost two girls. It was, it was an appointed day for those two girls to die, my sisters to die. It was an appointed day for my dad to die. There's an appointed day for you and me to die. That's coming. To not think about that, you know why? Because you, you don't think about his love. He loved us so much that he told us it's appointed when a man wants to die. That's in your book right here, by the way. It's a verse. You read it, it's good for you. What is it? It's, it's our strength. It makes you stronger. That means when I know what I'm going through some stuff, I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I'll deal with it. I'll deal with it. And, and the flesh starts getting in the way, and you start getting depressed, and you go, why? And I said, Lord, you know right where I'm at. He gave me a certain ability to do certain things and certain talents to do certain things, but he's given other people greater talents than me. Am I going to get mad because they, no, I thank God for it. I thank God that there was a man in a prison cell in 1050 that wrote a stanza. Oh, he wrote a poem. That's all he probably thought he was doing, writing on a wall, scratching on a wall, a poem. And 900 years later, another man picks that up and writes a song that we still sing today. And if, and if the spirit is right in a church when that thing is sung, uh, it'll bring tears to your eyes. It'll make you start thinking about the God that I'm going to go see one of these days. How long will it last? Verse 38, you seem to ask, for I am persuaded. This is Paul talking. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor power, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God. You know what the love of God is? Do you understand the love of God in your life? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth him, it's a simple verse. Everybody says, oh, John 3, 16. They blow it off. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. God loved you so much before the foundation of the world, Christ said, I will go and I will die and I will shed my blood for them so, they could come, so you could come to heaven. Do you understand that? Do you got that? I got that. And I got that. People say, Mike, why do you do what you do? Because he did it for me way before I did it for him. And there's no way I could possibly ever catch up to him. There is no possible way. But I can sure try. You know what I know he did? He said he... <clears throat> Go back to John. First John. Aha. Yeah, First John. Chapter 4. Is it 4? La da 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 da. 4 verse 19, and I'm going to read the light. I'm going to read, we love him because he first loved us. Why? 
If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he, uh, he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? That's a very good question. It's an impossibility. You can't do it. Because if he died for all men, then, then especially when i got a brother or sister in Christ, I should love them just as much as I love anybody else. And this commandment we have, have we, from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You know how you can tell if somebody loves a brother, you'll do stuff for other people, whether they do anything for you or not. You say, Mike, why would you do? Well, because the only thing I can do is this, and God says do this, and he has it for you guys. And you all get to come to church on a, they just clean the carpets out there, so don't bring the mud and stuff in yet. Give us a couple days for it to dry up. No coffee. Yeah, coffee. If you see anybody with coffee, take them out, normally. <laughs> in love, in love, go up and say, are you a moron? No, I'm just... <laughs> But, but I had a, we had to get the carpets cleaned in the nursery, and then they said we were commercial, and, and commercial they charge different, and you got a minimum, and that, so I just say, hey, do the four-year, it needed it done anyways. Uh, so yeah, I, I mean, people say, well, why do you not let people come in? Because I love you. I love other people too, and I don't think they should look at the mess that you leave behind. How about that, or me? So don't do it. All right, next, back to the thing here. Uh, if any man, and this is the commandment we have from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. You know why you do stuff for your brothers and sisters? Because you love them. You give your life for them. Brother, I'm telling you what, on the other side over there, this little thing called life is only 70, 80 years long, and then it goes away. Jane calls it a vapor. It goes away. Over there, it's like forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Over here, it's just a moment. It's a twinkling a time is, and, and we think this is everything. Now, I know you, I mean, Andrew's talking, said, hey, I got it. You got to go work and you got to live and you got to eat. And I'm 65 and you say, you're old and you've already been through all that. Yeah, but man, it's been, it was like that. It seems like it's gone. I mean, I'm thinking I'm going to die at any moment. I keep telling Beth, I said, I'm trying to get stuff ready, finished. So when I bite the big one, you guys don't have to come back and try to figure out what I was doing. You say, why do you do that? Because I know I'm going to die, man. I'm like, on the ship out there, we used to have quarters out on the flight deck. And we'd all sit there. And, and I was three years on, three years off, three years on, three years off. And when it was my time, when you come on, uh, you'd come out to quarters one day and everybody'd stand in line the, right, the way you're supposed to. And, and you'd look down there and there'd be a pair of shoes right there. And the body's gone. Well, there was somebody there yesterday. But what they did is they come out there and put their shoes down and they transferred off the ship. They're gone. You know, one of these days, you're going to leave your shoes behind. And somebody's going to walk up, and they're going to, there's going to be a bunch of shoes all over the place. Probably a lot of other stuff, too. And you're going to sit there and look at that thing and say, what is this? It was, it was time to go. You know what? On a ship, I noticed, when it was somebody's time to go, they didn't stick around. They left. When it was my time to leave that ship, I was down to brow. I was out of there. My three years was up. I was out. I was gone. What is it? It's your strength. How long is it? It's forever, man. The love of God lasts forever and ever and ever. It never stops. Whether we avail that love, have that love or not, receive that love or not, his love never stops. But there's a thing called damnation on the other side of the thing that never stops either. You know how you know Christians, you ought to love because he got you out of that. Man, I got out of it. I don't know about you, but I'm out of it. It will endure. It will endure life. How long will the love of God? It'll life. Your whole life. Your whole life could be spent like that man wrote that song, if the oceans were ink. If you spent your whole life, now you can't obviously, I got it, get up in the morning. 
and start thinking about the love of God and do nothing all day because you'll get fired. But somehow you got to keep that in your mind in the background so that when you find a lemon case over here somewhere, you get this, 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 this filthy music, man, they play today, and they call it Christian music, is insane. It has nothing like that. You know what it does? It, it gets the flesh moving. It doesn't do anything for down here. You know what that does? That makes me start thinking. You get into one of these rock, I've been, I've been in all of them rock concerts, man. You know what? All you do, you tell me you don't think like that? You don't think like that. All you do is go from one thing to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, and then you go home. And you get locked up on the way home for drunk or driving or something. It, is, it will endure life. Shall tribulation or distress, persecution or famine, nakedness, peril. I mean, we all get that. They're going through that stuff overseas right now. His love, and he loves those people. You know, there's a lot of children, little kids that probably died in that. They went right to heaven. You say, well, where's the love of God? If they'd have grown up, they would have, they would have died and probably went right to hell if they didn't get saved. The Lord took them. We, you, all the time, you know, I look at babies. They abort babies over here. 50 million babies. We're probably 100 million babies now. And you say, what is that? Well, the love of God, those little babies are in heaven. I mean, they're gone. They're gone. They're not here no more. Uh, it depends on what you think about when birth happens, but it doesn't matter. I believe that at that moment, that little baby sticks its head. I actually think when the umbilical cord attaches to the baby, the egg, and that little baby starts sucking air off the mom, it meets the requirements of, of Adam and Eve. He breathed in him the breath of life, and he became a living soul. I think it's right there is where it becomes a living soul. I don't know what that time frame is between the egg and, and the umbilical cord attaching. I have no idea, but whatever that is, I think right there is where that little baby starts coming to life. And, and if that baby dies anywhere between there, guess what? It goes right to heaven. Man, what, that's the love of God. It will endure time. Psalm 41, 13 says, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting. Do you know that he's talking about forever? Brethren, sometimes this world will get our minds thinking something else. And Well, you need to stop and let that stuff go. Each one of us has got different things in life we got to do. We all have different responses. When I was your age and I was out, man, I'll tell you what, when I went, I took, I, was you down there, Andrew, with me when we went to the ship and that chief come off the ship? I'm an old guy, man. That chief was a young guy. And I'm sitting there looking at that ship like, you know, like a, like a dog looking at a bone, man. Thinking, boy, I, he was like, chief, I can see you want to go on that thing. I'm like, yeah. But, but I knew that man got off that ship and he had a family, and he could come tomorrow, and that ship could get underway again. And I said, Chief, go home with your wife. Go home with your kids, man. Go home with your family. That's where you need to be. You know what? I mean, I, you, sometimes, you have to sit there and say, okay, Lord, I love this guy. I don't even know who he is enough to let him go home. But he should take me on that ship first and then go home. No, no, no. No. You know, you got to sit there and look at other people sometime and realize that they got stuff, too. It'll endure time. From ever, I got, my stuff is over on the other side. And I know over on the other side, I'm going to get there and I'm going to have a blast for like forever. This side over here, the Lord is saying, Mike, I came down here and I left. It's not that big a deal. Let it go. Let it go. Focus your mind on it. You know why missionaries go on a mission field and succeed? Because they go to help people. That's what they go to help. If you're just going to, for a job, you're not going to last. Dave Spurgeon said that thing a while back. He said, when you're 65, come back and see me. That's true. If you can endure this thing called the ministry, or you know what the ministry is? Is anything the Lord calls you to do. If he calls you, 
to come to church every Sunday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night for the rest of your life, and you do that, you get just as much reward as somebody who goes to the mission field. You know, there's some people who go to the mission field and never see anything. And you come to a church and see a lady get saved on Sunday morning. You see some people get up and sing. You see some young people grow up, and they get married and have fun, and, and their lives are changed. And you see that. There's some people that never see any of that. You know what that is? It's God allowing each of the body to grow. It'll endure time. It will endure the power of darkness. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? Boy, I tell you what, man. You think about that woman in adultery caught in adultery? And she was sitting there just thrown in the very act. There's a lot of things going on there, but Jesus writes, everybody leaves. And he looks down at that woman. He said, he said woman, where are thine accusers? Well, the one that could have done it was standing right there. He could have told her everything. As a matter of fact, he could have told her every case in her life. Do you realize that? He can tell you everything you ever did. And his, his, he's got it. He's got it written. So if you don't want to deal with it here, you're going to have to deal with it over there. So the best thing to do is, boy, you talking about the love of God? He's like, hey, guys. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. My brain just went dead there for a minute. A little Alzheimer's moment. You know why that is? So your joy could be full, so you can be happy down here, but that it's not held to account out there. That's how much he loves you. He gave you a way out. He gave you a way out. He goes, the woman calling adultery, I got that. Revelation 10, uh, 12, 10, and I heard a voice saying from heaven, now has come the salvation and strength. And he goes on in that verse, he says, for the, the accuser of the brethren is cast down. I can't wait for that day. There's coming a day when he's getting rid of him, and we don't ever have to worry about that again. And we're going to be with him for all eternity. That's out there. But over on this side, the love of God, he loves you. Brethren, you're not missing anything by letting this world go on by. You're not missing a thing. Do everything you're supposed to do, and the Lord will direct your paths into wherever you're at and be the best you can be wherever you're at. I'll, I'll get you that. But don't let that become everything to you because there's more to life than that, and it's, it's learning the love of God. You know why you try to win somebody to Jesus Christ? Because you love him. You, you want to introduce somebody to him. You, wanna, you want somebody else to get to him. You want somebody else to come and know him. That's, what, that's the whole purpose of that thing. Where, where is it? It's with Jesus Christ. It says, verse 39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Where's the love of God? There's only one place. Shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Brother, if you want the love of God, you're going to have to get with him. You've got to have him in your life. We all, you always hear us talk about relationship. Dr. Roman always said relationship, 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 relationship. No relationship, no love of God. You put your love on something on this planet other than Jesus Christ, and that thing will fail you after a while. If you put your love on Jesus Christ, and, and Beth put her love on Jesus Christ, we haven't had a problem for... Man, I'll tell you what, the other day, <laughs> it's funny. I mentioned this, I think, Sunday school. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it, but uh, my mom thought Beth was having an affair on me, uh, running around with a guy over there. And I seen the guy yesterday. And uh, me and Beth, I'm, I walk in with her, and, and he's a nurse there. I walk up to him and say, I say, what was his name? Okay, I won't say it. But anyways, uh, I, I told him, I said, I said uh, sir, I said, I am sorry. I said, my mom is a pervert. <laughs> and I said, uh, she is out of her mind. And he's, he's laughing. He goes, I said, look, I just want to tell you, I, my mom told me I was, I was going to beat him up. Told him I was going to beat him up. And uh, I said, I'm not going to, you know, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you have to deal with it. He goes, he goes I just, he said, I knew it was getting bad and I needed to deal, deal with it. I said, you did the right thing. 
Uh, I said, you know why? Because I can trust her. I've always been able to trust her. I've never not been able to trust her. So I don't care who says anything. The first thing I go back with is I know she has a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if she has that relationship with Jesus Christ, he does, does something wrong, he's going to beat her up. I don't have to do it. I'll let him handle it. Where is it? It's with Christ. When can you get it right now? John 3.16. It's easy to get. I like John 3.16. John 3, and, and but that verse goes on. And he says, if we, uh, he said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's what I like. I like the everlasting stuff. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. You know how you know the love of God? You know what he came to do. He says just before that this, about the serpent on the pole, he, he's a, as the serpent on the pole, Jesus Christ came to save us. From ourselves. He, he came to save us from a lost and dying world and bring us in. Brother, you're in a world today that the Lord has got you in America and Dayton, Ohio, and you don't have to do with the world. We don't have to worry about bombs flying like over in the Ukraine. Uh, China uh, is saber rattling over there, and, and, and who knows what could happen at any given time. You get some wacko nuts at that level up there with our president of the United States, and now those are fighting back and forth. You, it's hard to tell them what will happen. <coughs> <coughs> Jake is afraid. Jake said that uh, we might, he might be sent back over there and that a war could break out in, in 2025. Well, brother, a war could break out in 2023. It don't take a whole lot. But you know the love of God in any case, no matter what happens to you, you know what they need to hear? And they need to see the love of God in you. And if they see, you know, we got to pray tonight. We ought to pray for those people over there. You say what? That God will put people somewhere in those lives of those people. Right now they're broken and God can reach them. Uh, Ukraine, we need to pray that they get the, the word of God. However, like Brother Loman said, uh, we need to start thinking about how, praying about that thing. You know, you may not be able to get money to them or anything else, but we can pray, and there's people that are in the place that can do what needs to be done. Right. We need to pray for that. You know, a lot of times we'll give money, and it'll make us feel better, but it never happens with what? You know what will happen is prayer. I still got two of those books. I've got two more on order about prayer. If you want one of those books, if you will make a commitment to me. Now, I'm not telling you I'm going to check up on you, and I'm going to say, did you read page 296? And what is the third paragraph down, the sixth word in? What is it? Uh, I'm not going to do that. That's between you and the Lord. But I'm telling you what, that book will change your life. If you take that book, just like this one, I'm done. The love of God. If the oceans were filled with ink and the, the sky was a parchment, you could never write the love of God. This book right here will change your life. There's a few books in life that will change your life. This is the first one. And because a couple other people got a hold of this one, they wrote a couple others like Pilgrim's Progress. And that will change your life too. It'll, it'll give you, and, and Ian Bounds wrote a book on prayer. And there's a whole bunch of his books. And I've got two of them sitting right back in my office. If you come to me, I'll give you one. You know why? Not, I want to see your life change. Because I know if your life changes, it will change around others. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Do bless, you pray, uh, bless the prayer service. Uh, Lord, we've got some things to pray about tonight and uh, some people that need prayer. Uh, bless now, Father, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.